All right, welcome to the Apostolic Bible Study Podcast. My name is Brother Asher, and I'm a member of uh, Christ Center Church in West Columbia, South Carolina. The purpose of this podcast is going to be to explain the doctrines of the Bible from an apostolic perspective, and to explain them in simple terms, too. So maybe you're someone who's new to Christianity, or maybe you're new to apostolic doctrine, or maybe you're someone that's just converted here recently and you want to deepen your understanding. Or maybe you're someone who's been walking with God for years and years and you want something to listen to that's going to help deepen your faith. Uh, No matter what, I'm glad that you're listening and I pray that this would be a blessing to you. It is unbelievably important in this day and age to know what we believe and why. There's always going to be voices to distract. There's always going to be voices to disrupt. And so it's all the more vital for us in this time to hold to the true and certain doctrines that we find in the scriptures. So here's how this is going to be laid out. Each one of these episodes is going to go over a fundamental topic of doctrine. And each one's going to uncover what the Bible has to say about it. And if you're listening to this, and maybe you don't even believe the Bible yet, don't worry, I've got an episode planned for why we believe the Bible. But that's where we're going to start. Um, It's always going to be based on the Word of God. So just stay tuned on that one. At the moment, I don't have any fancy intro music, so we're just going to pray and then get straight into our first topic. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. I pray, O Lord, that you would bless every single person that listens to this. Grant them understanding of your Word. Grant them a love of your Word. And I pray, O Lord, that we would all come to a greater knowledge of you and all be made more in the image of Jesus Christ every day. And it's in his name, the holy name of Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Okay, topic number one. Who is God? So we're starting fundamental here. All right, if you were to ask, say, 20 people today, you go out to a grocery store or out in public and you just ask people, who is God? More than likely, you would get 20 different answers. Uh, People... More and more, I don't know if y'all have heard this, but people like to say things like, God is whoever you want him to be, or whoever you need him to be. That's who God is. Well, if you've heard that, just know that that is 100% false. God is not whoever you want him to be. That's not who he is. He's God. And his nature does not depend on you, and it doesn't depend on me. So let's start at the absolute basics here of who God is, and we get that from Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the first thing that Christians believe about God is that he's the creator. Now this is reiterated all throughout the scriptures. The Psalms tell about his creation. Job, in the book of Job, God speaks to Job about the fact that God alone was the creator. In the New Testament, The people in Acts 4 praise God as the one who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that in them is. So it is absolutely fundamental to our understanding of God that we we see him as the creator. You were made by God. Everything that you've ever known was made by God. Everything you've ever seen with your eyes, felt with your hands, everything was made by God. God is the ultimate creator. Every single molecule that's on this planet, 
every single molecule in the universe. He was the creator of, he was the author of it. So because of that, God has ultimate and supreme power over his creation. Okay? So that's a fundamental point. God is supreme over his creation. Because he is the creator, he's supreme. And so this is where we get the names of God in scripture. So, you know, when we read Genesis 1-1, it wasn't originally written in English. It was originally written in Hebrew. And the word for God there in Genesis 1-1 is Elohim. And it literally means the supreme or the mighty one. The one that is to be feared. The one that is worthy of reverence. At this time, we're not going to go into a ton of detail on godly fear. Just know that doesn't mean that we're supposed to be terrified of God. But it does mean that he is due honor as the creator. So Elohim is this word that appears over and over again in the Old Testament for the uh, the word or the name for God. And so here's some other names for God used in the Old Testament that follow along that same line. Uh, we hear Adonai, El Shaddai. And all these names are kind of based on the same thing, and they denote the same thing. It's this, that God is the supreme ruler over all. He is sovereign. Everything in the universe answers to him. There is nothing that is outside of his control. Okay? That's a key point in who God is. God is supreme. He's the ruler. There's no one that's above him. And there's no one that's outside of his rule. So one of the other names that we see for him that um, is absolutely fundamental. We see this one the first time in Exodus and it carries on all the way through the scriptures. Is the name of Yahweh. I am that I am. And Moses said unto God. This is Exodus 3, 13 and 14 by the way. And Moses said unto God. Behold when I come unto the children of Israel. And shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said to Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. So this is the fundamental name of God. This is the name of God that is built in and is the fundamental part of the name of Jesus, the God that we worship in the New Testament age. Um, who is the revelation of the Old Testament God, who is the Old Testament God. But Jesus' name literally means Yahweh has become our salvation. So Yahweh is the fundamental piece there. And Yahweh means I am that I am. And that might sound super like, okay, that sounds redundant. What does that mean exactly? What it means is that God's existence is not based on anyone else. Or anything else, which is completely unlike us, if you think about it. What is your existence based off of? Your parents, your parents' parents, your great-grandparents, on and on through the generations. It took a lot of people to get to the point where you existed and where I existed. But it wasn't that way for God. God is eternally the same. He's never not existed. He doesn't depend on anybody or anything to exist. And he's outside of time, too, which is why he's the I am. He's not the I was or the I will be. He's the I am. 
and he has been for all of eternity. Okay, so those are a couple quick points about the nature of God there. We've learned that he is the, just to recap real quick, he's the creator. He's the supreme ruler that we can see through his names like Elohim, Adonai, El Shaddai. He is the self-existent one, Yahweh. And then let's continue on here. We have a couple more points to get through. Um, Next, God is holy. So Isaiah 6 tells us that angels surround the throne of God for all eternity and sing praises to him. And the number one thing that they praise while they're around his throne is his holiness. They don't praise his his love or his kindness or his mercy. First and foremost, they praise his holiness. Those are great qualities of God, and we'll get to those. But primary to the nature of God is his holiness. This is Isaiah 6.3. And one cried to another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. So we see this again and again. God calls himself the Holy One. And Jesus in the New Testament is called the Holy One of God. But what does holiness mean? We hear that word and we think, okay, well, holiness means, you know, go to church or do the right thing. Well, it means something more than that. In fact, that wouldn't really be the meaning at all. The meaning of holiness is that God is separate and that he's set apart. God is different from us. He is separate from us. Meaning, God is not just a bigger version of a human being. He's separate altogether. And you see our culture kind of going along the line of trying to make God in our own image. When we use phrases like, uh, oh, well, you know, he's the man upstairs. (laughs) That's, you know, if you listen to country or whatever, that's, that's popular in there. God is not the man upstairs, okay? Um, that's an important point. God is not a man, first of all. Um, God, in his essence, doesn't have a body. Now, we'll talk about the incarnation a little bit later. But in his essence, God is totally different from anything that he has created. He's not just a bigger version of us. And holiness also means, holiness is separation in all categories, especially in the categories of purity and righteousness. So it is impossible for us to imagine how much God hates sin. You know, it's easy for people to talk about the love of God, but in reality, we have to talk about more than that. We have to talk about the fact that God hates sin. He hates evil. Sin is an eternal offense against God. Okay? Sin is not something that's to be taken lightly. Um, Because of God's perfect holiness, his perfect righteousness, the perfect qualities of his nature, sin is something that is very, very serious with him. And we're going to delve more into that when we talk about who mankind is after the fall and why we need a savior. But the critical point that we have to start with, if we want to understand what salvation even is, why Jesus came, why he died on the cross, it all starts with the holiness of God and God's attitude towards sin. Sin is not something that God winks at. 
It's something that he hates and that he will punish. And so continuing on here, the next characteristic or part of the nature of God that we're going to discuss is the fact that God is one. Deuteronomy 6.4, right? This was the verse that was prevalent everywhere. It's called the Shema. And in Old Testament religion, this was the key verse. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Lord is one. All right, so we're not going to immediately go into a discussion here of all the differences between oneness and Trinitarian theology and and how oneness kind of fits in more with the biblical picture. But for now, just know God is one. We serve one God. We don't serve many gods. Okay, and this has always been the thing that really made the people of Israel and the people of God stand out. Polytheism was prevalent everywhere in the ancient world. Not just in the ancient world that the people of Israel were dealing with, but with ancient Rome that the early Christians were dealing with. But the Israelites and the early Christians were always known as monotheists, as the people who worship one God and only believe in one God. All right, well, we're making good time here. We're already to our last point for this discussion of who God is, and it would we would be remiss to uh, not talk about Jesus of Nazareth. Now, we're not going to go into an entire discussion right now of the Incarnation, but here's what you need to know for this fundamental first episode that we're doing. When we talk about Jesus, Jesus is God. It's that simple. And if you want to get a little bit more detailed, Jesus is God robed in flesh. He is the Word made flesh. So whenever Jesus speaks, Christians believe that God is speaking because we believe that Jesus is God. So this is fundamental to us. Um, So when we see Jesus in the New Testament, this is one of the most beautiful things about the Christian faith. It's what sets it so fundamentally apart from Islam and Judaism, these other religions who claim to be monotheists, is that we believe that God actually came down to earth, robed himself in flesh, became a man, and that there was a man 2,000 years ago that you could shake his hand. He was real. He wasn't a figment of people's, you know, imaginations. He wasn't like fairy dust. He was a real man. He really lived in ancient Israel. You could see him. You could touch him. You could hear him with your ears. But that man was also God. And that as God, he bore our sins on the cross and died for us so that we could live in him. Through obedience to the gospel, through Acts 2.38 message, through repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, through the infilling of the Holy Ghost, that we could live with him forever. And I just jumped ahead a good bit. I promise you, we're going to get to all those things in more detail. But it is so beautiful to know that God came down and became a man. And that's who Jesus of Nazareth was. So, hopefully that was a helpful explanation of who God is. Um, If you have any questions on anything that we've gone over, 
feel free to email me at apostolicbiblestudypodcast at gmail.com. And I would love to uh, answer your questions. So thank you. God bless. And uh, we'll see you next time. Next time we're going to be talking about who is man. Um, So very excited for that. And uh, yeah, God bless. Y'all have a great night.